Hello everyone, I'm Mark Saxford and I want to welcome you all to my new podcast called People Behind Brands, brought to you by Making Websites Better. Throughout the series, I'll be opening up my little black book of contacts where I'll be joined by an inspirational guest from the world of business, getting to the bottom of what made them so successful. In each episode, I'll be touching upon the highs and the lows that every professional has faced along the way. To never miss an episode, subscribe to exclusive content now and follow us on our social media platforms. People behind brands. Life lessons from the world of business. So my next guest is someone who can only be described as a PR genius. Best known for founding one of the most successful agencies in Frank PR to becoming a trusted advisor to Lord Sugar. Ever heard of The Apprentice and Alexander Meerkat's famous tagline, Simples? Well, this is the man behind the success. I'm pleased to welcome none other than Mr. Andrew Block. Okay. Andrew, it's a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm really well, thank you. How are you, Mark? Yeah, good. Not too bad. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, so making websites better, the sponsor and the company I work for recently built Andrew a new website to showcase his brand effectively. For those of you that don't know, Andrew is the founder and non-executive director of Frank PR, a leading creative communication agency in the UK and abroad. In early 2020, Andrew stepped back from the business and is now a well-known consultant in the marketing services industry and an advisor for a number of high-profile businesses and individuals, one of which being a certain Lord Sugar. Andrew is a well-connected man in the industry, so it's only right that we find out more about his life and career experiences to date. So, first question, Andrew, take us back to the beginning. Tell us about your early career and how you got into the world of PR. So I got into the world of PR really by accident, if I'm being honest. I had my heart set on a career in advertising. A teacher at school had told me that he thought I would be good in the ad industry and that's that's really what I kind of thought I would do. No one had told me I'd be good at anything. So I was just happy to have a bit of guidance. And when I finished university, I started applying to ad agencies and it was a pretty long, arduous process of form filling, interviews, more interviews, more interviews. And I was sort of going through the stages, but I just wanted to work and it was taking time. Um, and it was my mum actually who said, why don't you try some PR agencies, I think you might like that. And I didn't really know too much, to be honest, about PR, but I did a bit of research, wrote some PR agencies whilst I was still going through this application process. And one agency, Lynn Frank's PR, got back to me and they offered me a work placement. And I thought, well, that seems like a decent way to fill my time. You can only sit around waiting for forms to get feedback and stuff for so long. So. I did a three-week placement there, and it was an amazing place. It was the agency that Absolutely Fabulous was based on. Um, pretty crazy world. And I just, from the second I sort of stepped through the door, thought, yeah, this, this is what I want to do. And worked really, really hard, tried to get myself noticed and make an impact, and it worked. And after three weeks, they offered me a full-time job which I accepted and that was that I was off and on my way 
Yeah. Uh, so while doing some research, I noticed that you're, during your time at Lim Franks, you worked on a number of exciting projects there. You must have had a, a real sense of excitement working with, you know, famous people from a wide range of industries in fast paced environment. I mean, did you ever have those pinch yourself moments and were there some of those personal highlights? Or what were the personal highlights in your time there? Uh, it was an amazing place to be. I mean, they were really at the top of their game in terms of fashion, entertainment, music. And my days were spent behind my desk. And then the evenings were spent literally sort of partying with A-list celebrities, supermodels. I, c I couldn't believe it, really. And I guess in some ways that's how I compensated for the fact that the money was so bad. All my mates were earning double, triple what I was earning. But when it came to sort of being in the pub and having a few good stories to tell, I always came out on top. Um, and that was just my life, really, for the first sort of few years of my career until I became a bit older and the novelty of sort of being out till two or three in the morning and then having to get up for work the next day sort of wore off a little bit. But Is, is, yeah, there, some, uh, is there some exciting stories that you can tell us about that? Uh, I can't reveal the stories. <laughs> I mean, there was loads, though. I mean, it was, you know, we used to hang out... Um, doing sort of London Fashion Week every season, the British Fashion Awards, um, the BAFTAs. So I got to meet so many different interesting people. Um, and it was just a really fun part, part of the job. So, yeah, I won't reveal any... Um, yeah, any, no worries. I won't put you under any pressure. That's my right. middle name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so eventually set up Frank and only when you two do things your way. Uh, how did you feel coming from a huge organisation to then starting up your own PR company and attracting, you know, essentially brand new clients? So what actually happened when I was at Lim Franks, they got acquired by another PR agency called Ketchum. Um, and my MD at Lim Franks at the time stepped down and I decided I would give it a go at Ketchum, sort of looking after their sport and entertainment divisions. And then this guy, Graham, who, who was the MD at Lim Franks, when I'd been at Ketchum a couple of years, said, think we should set up a PR agency um, and the truth is I just didn't feel ready I'd been doing it for five or so years um, and he said to me very memorably you never feel ready and after giving it a bit of thought I, I figured out yeah you're probably right um, and I didn't feel ready I felt like I didn't have enough experience I don't think there's ever a good time to set up something whenever there's anything that's there's a risk involved you know you always make the excuses oh i'm busy i've just got a new girlfriend i've just had kids just got a mortgage out on that there's always reasons not to do something and i i went through that process of really thinking you know what's the worst that can happen which might seem like quite a negative way of thinking about things but it wasn't me thinking this could be great it will be amazing it was more at the beginning me thinking well you know, it doesn't work out. I guess my old company will probably have me back. And if not, it's not going to look too bad that I've had a go at doing something and it hasn't worked. And all the negatives weren't really that that bad. So I thought I'd give it a go and yeah. never really sort of looked forward in a positive way to what it might become, which wasn't about having a lack of self-belief. It just felt very, very scary and... Um, yeah, that you know, you get through day by day, and before you know it, there's something a bit more sizable that you're in charge of. But when we started out, it was literally two, three of us, no clients, a desk, an office, and 
that was it. So I didn't feel like I was really sort of in charge of too much at yeah. that moment in time. I think a lot of people could probably resonate with that, whether it's a small business or a, you know, a large organization. I think, you know, if you're trying something new, it can always be a bit scary, but sometimes you have to sort of take the plunge a little bit and go, uh, you know, sort of feet first, as they say. But um, I suppose, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it around this sort of time you first approached Lord Sugar and, you know, your relationship blossomed from there? I mean, just talk to us about some of the exciting projects you've worked on with him and how you've elevated his brand. Yeah, I mean, it was fairly early days in Frank that I got to work for his company. Um, we we had a briefing to help launch one of his products, um, which we pitched for, and it was a really big opportunity for us. I mean, it was so early on in the days of Frank um, that we really, really worked hard on this pitch and probably or definitely gave them something way bigger, way more elaborate, way more creative than they ever really wanted or needed. And we actually, we lost the pitch and we were so gutted that we lost it that we just thought we're not going to give up on this opportunity. We, it's too good an opportunity to just let it pass. So we got on the phone and I think the technical word for what we did was beg and we begged we sort of said look you know we want this so badly we we now realize that you know it's probably a little bit over the top and cutting a long story short they either felt sorry for us or felt convinced by what we were saying and they gave us the business and that was the start of the the relationship and Lord Sugar wasn't involved directly with me at that time I sort of in some ways sort of felt it was probably the best thing to do was stay out of his way and just prove to his people what we were able to do. And, you know, I got to know him over time. I'd meet him at product launches, press events. Um, and it was really a gradual thing. Our relationship sort of built. And then The Apprentice came around in 2005. And I think that probably brought our relationship closer together. His profile became even higher and started to sort of look after the apprentice winners when they came off the show helped them establish their businesses um, and help them make that transition from reality tv people into credible business people and you know now 20 odd years later i mean it's really anything and everything that gets thrown my way and with someone like that you know you're never bored he's, he's never standing still even at the sort of grand old age of 74, I think he is now, you, you know, have never met anyone that's so active and involved in so many different things and, you know, anything that has a communications element of it, I will help him with. So, yeah, it's yeah. been a, a brilliant journey, one that I hope continues and I've thoroughly enjoyed. Hopefully yeah. The same thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of your other clients that you've worked with at Frank, I know obviously you mentioned the apprentice winners there, but are there any other sort of personal projects or memorable moments that you can share with us as you as you build the company? Oh, Guys, it's, it's really hard to pull out one client, one campaign. I think when you're working, you know, with so many different brilliant clients and doing so many interesting things, it's always like the last thing you did is the one you feel most passionate about I mean there's been some amazing moments over the years um I remember sort of doing the 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 global launch for Call of Duty and you know as a gamer that was just like for me such a pinch myself 
moment. It was the biggest entertainment launch in history, and I'm sort of right at the centre of it. You sort of find things like that hard to believe. I loved the work we did for Compare the Market and helping make Alexander the Meerkat famous. And there was like a period of time where you, know, you couldn't walk down the street with someone sort of not shouting simples <laughs> to you. And it's things like that. But so many different campaigns along the way. And I think, you know, really great campaigns take great clients. And we were lucky to have clients that believed in us, believed in our approach, um, I guess took a bit of a risk going with some of the ideas that we put forward. But now I look back so fondly on so many things over yeah. the years. Feel so so lucky, so fortunate to have been involved in so many of them. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's fair to say that you're a, a very successful guy with so much experience in the industry. But let's sort of take a step back and discuss some of the challenges that you've experienced in your life uh, from a personal professional point of view what have you been what what have been some of the real challenges and hardships that you've faced along the way um there's there's been plenty really i think running an agency is completely relentless i mean it's super enjoyable i thrive on it loved it loved every second of it but sure there were there was challenges i think actually you know the first 10 or so years of frank we achieve pretty much consistent growth every single year. And I never really stopped to think about what would happen if we didn't continue to achieve growth. You almost sort of just took it for granted that you were just gonna carry on doing what you're doing and every year it would get a little bit bigger. And we hit a point, I can't really remember the exact time, maybe 11 years in, something like that, where things just started to slow down a little bit. And they weren't bad. They weren't, you know, we weren't sort of plummeting or anything like that, but just flattening. It was, you know, the growth curve was like a diagonal line up. And then all of a sudden it just started to flatten. And I found that quite tough because I hadn't dealt with it before. And as a management team, we just really had to sort of, I guess, dig deep. When you're building an agency, you're, it's, it's about being relevant and your campaigns being relevant and, and of the moment. And I think you can sometimes get a bit carried away and not really start to see where things aren't quite as good as they once were. And I think we felt, you know, maybe we're just, you know, not quite as good as we were. And it was a hard thing to recognise because we weren't doing terribly. You know, the campaigns were still okay. We were still getting sort of applaud for what we were doing we were winning awards but we were really tough on ourselves so we just dug deep and we really really worked extra hard to make sure we took things back to where we knew we were capable of um delivering and and the growth sort of came back but that was quite a hard time um i think another moment probably that was difficult was we sort of, as we expanded, we moved into different territories. So we opened up various different offices in Australia and Manchester. We really wanted to go into America. Um, and we knew America would be diff difficult. Um, there's, you know, the, the, the whole, sort of, I don't know what it is, but agencies going into America, just not many of them succeed. And it wasn't an arrogance that we thought we were any different, but we just kind of felt we got to give it a go and we did and we opened up in New York and I spent a lot of time on a plane sort of going backwards and forwards. I used to spend probably one week a month sort of in America um, and 
couple of years in really and it just again not a huge failure it wasn't a loss making business it was making profit but what we realized is by doing it it was distracting from the rest of the frank offer and london started to decline i mean actually if i think about it probably the story i just told you sort of fits in with launching in america and we were you know making a little bit of money but it was taking a lot of work and as i say having this negative effect on on other offices um so we decided to shut it down and that was tough like that was i really felt probably for the first time in my career like i'd failed at something and it was a decision that took us probably about a year to come to a bit like sort of a roulette table where you keep sort of putting chips down and hoping for the numbers to come in and every month we were like let's just give it one more month if we win this that will turn it around completely and then you know we didn't win it or it would get delayed and then we just thought enough was enough let's let's just let's just shut it down and and we did and yeah I, I found that really really difficult um it was completely the right thing to do for the business I mean it was a failure but it wasn't a failure in that it's you know it, it didn't cost us too much thankfully um but it was kind of a dream that never got fulfilled um I'm pleased we did. I look back now and it was exactly the right thing to do. I think it was the right thing to do to give it roughly the amount of time we did because if we didn't, we'd never really know. Um, yeah, those, those were probably the two of the toughest moments. So while many will know you for your business acumen, I mean, talk to us about the, the Andrew Block away from the world of business and what you like to get up to and your your just general sort of interest in your personal life as well. Ah, oh, this bit is very boring. <laughs> <laughs> so outside of, of work, I mean, I mean, to be fair, one of the things I struggle with is work-life balance, always have done. Um, I would like to think I'm getting better at doing it. And when, when I step back from Frank, part of that decision, a big part of that decision was to build my work-life balance. Um, I'm, I've got two boys, um, one who's 16, one who's 10, both love football, um, as do I, playing, watching, I won't tell you my team because it's a bit raw at the moment. No, you'll have, to, you'll have to say it can't be as worse as mine, so you'll have to Let's say Let's just it. say we lost a cup final last night. I see, yeah, okay, <laughs> so yeah, we'll me when this, uh, this goes out, it's obviously Tottenham, um, but uh, yeah. I know what you mean, but um, so, yeah, yeah. I'm disappointment. Um, so I watch my boys play. They both, one of them plays at quite a decent level, um, and I love that, and I love spending time with them. Um, personally, you know, I'm interested in anything that is to do with popular culture, whether that be sort of art, music. I love cars, love streetwear, fashion. Um, nothing particularly exceptional, but for me, I like. You know, now I've got the benefit of not having any employees, being in control of my own time. It's been a bit odd because since, you know, launching my own consultancy, I've been in lockdown. Or we've been in lockdown since since the day. It's, you know, it's nearly a year old now. So that entire period has been within lockdown. My, you know, my original 
plan is to travel a lot more, to work from different places. Um, and obviously that hasn't happened. So it will be interesting for me this next period. Now we can actually leave the house and do a few more things to see how I can balance it. And I think the beauty of the way the world of work is at the moment, being location neutral, if that's the right expression, is is now a thing that is accepted. So I don't want to be sat here, you know, in my home office five days a week. I would like to be working from different places. And so traveling will be a big part of, of what I do, hopefully. Yeah. So do you think COVID has is, is impacted you quite a lot then? Because I think if it, from an outsider's point of view, I think a lot of people probably sit there and say that, you know, high profile people in business, would they be affected as such from, from a thing such as COVID? But, you know, what, what's your take on it? What's, what's kind of happened with you? Well, the whole world has been affected um, and every business has been infe- affected, not necessarily negatively. Some have benefited from it, if benefited is the right word. It makes it sound a bit opportunist and obviously they didn't ask for this to happen. I mean, the thing about what I do, advising people, helping their marketing, their, their PR, any sort of change, I, I guess, puts me in a position where they need my help a little bit more to help navigate. Um, there's lots of positives, I think, that have come out of the last year. I think it's forced people to make decisions that potentially they knew they had to make, and now they've been brought fast-forwarded, if you like, and been brought to the forefront, um, and they've had to pivot or make decisions that they might have procrastinated over, um, change direction, change the way they communicate with their audiences. There's been the odd crisis sort of thrown in here and there to keep things interesting. So that's no, been a really, really active period for me. I have no idea what it would have been like running my own consultancy, not in this world, because I've never done it. Um, but I've got no complaints in terms of how my business has evolved and, and grown and I mean, it might be inaccurate, it might be a simplistic thing to say, but I've always felt that good businesses, good people, good brands will survive through anything. And, you know, when we launched Frank, it was right in the early days of the dot-com crash. We went through the sort of financial crash, you know, various different economic sort of ups and downs, and it never really seemed to impact us positively or negatively we just sort of powered our way through and I don't know maybe that's a naive viewpoint and of course there are businesses that are impacted that you know if they're unfortunately placed in the wrong area you know travel or um, leisure hospitality there's not that much you can do you know you can adapt you can find different revenue streams but essentially you're in a pretty bad situation Um, when it comes to consultancy businesses and advising I'd always like to think that the best people, the best brands, best companies just will still be fine. Not without their challenges, of course, but you kind of see that with when you look at the agency world and how different agencies have have been affected. The strongest agencies have found a way to even grow or, you know, at worst sort of maintain a sort of equilibrium and really negate any big 
losses or declines, whereas the agencies that were perhaps either not as strong or not as well run as a business have been exposed and they're the ones that have unfortunately been hit the hardest. Yeah, definitely. Completely agree. Um, so what would you say is your USP, whether it be now or during your career, what would you say lies within you that has attracted household names and also providing that stellar service for your clients? I'm not sure any agency or any person truly, truly has a USP. I think when we started the the agency, Frank, you know, we called it Frank, bit of a play on the Lim Frank's heritage and the creativity which we wanted to keep alive. But it was also about me and my business partner as people. And Frank was about being open, honest, no bullshit. Um, and if I think about myself, I think really that is about as close to a USP as I would would come in terms of myself as a consultant as an advisor um i'm pretty straightforward i'm very honest in terms of the advice i give in terms of when i talk about the capabilities that i've got i never take on a bit of business that i'm daunted by or don't think i'm capable of doing um i'll always deliver and if i can't if i something you know I'll, I'll always be straight with why or what um and i think people value that you know there's a lot of bullshitters in this world and for me you know I never claim to do anything that I can't and I think there's also a lot of people who you know I'm not taking it away from them because it's it suits certain people but maybe overcomplicate things who are a bit sort of too much strategy not enough action you know I'm very very action orientated I will get results for someone so when I start working for a client whether that be a big global business or an individual the first thing I will do is get an understanding of what they want to try and achieve and figure out a way to measure how I can help them deliver on that and then I will do it Um, and I'm not sure that everyone does do that and that's the same for me as when I was running an agency you know being frank was about giving the right advice not just saying yes to any brief that came our way, not just saying yes, because we thought that's what a client wanted to hear. Always trying to provoke and be challenging and essentially give the best um, advice that we could to deliver what we felt would have the most impact. So I think, you know, I don't think you can help it if you run a business for 20 years. I think in some ways the value of that business is your your own personal value so I mean it's a good question it's not one I've actually ever really thought about in the last year but when I do think about it I've probably taken a lot of the values of the agency which you know thinking about my values or partly my values to begin with and then just sort of carried them through in terms of my personal brand if you like yeah yeah so it sounds like you've done that across the 25 years that you've been within the industry but You've also achieved so much in that time as well. So where do you see your life and your business empire heading into the future now? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I've never been one for one year, two year, three year, five year plans. I just kind of, for me, as simplistic as it sounds, as long as I'm enjoying myself, then that's all really that matters. You know, I kind of, yeah, I mean, 
for, I just want to feel like I'm making a difference to the people that I'm working for and enjoy it. And yes, there's a financial aspect to it, but I've always found, you know, don't think about the money. Don't The money sort of follows the success of the work that you do. Um, and so, you know, I don't really have any financial targets or business aspirations. I want to continue to do good work, continue to deliver for the people that I'm working for or alongside um, and find that balance of, you know, I don't want to do that to the detriment of enjoying life. Um, so it's, it's sort of this double-sided thing really is. And if I'm being honest, the first year of the business, I probably worked a bit more than I thought I would or wanted to. And part of that is because there's not a lot else to do at the moment, but I do plan to sort of figure out that balance a little bit more and to be able to use my free time to, you know, just enjoy myself yeah. and have that balance. So, so that's the plan. Um, and then I've tried to put, you know, leave enough time to help out with not-for-profit stuff, charitable causes, so that I can give something back as well. And that bit of it, I've got fine at the moment, spending probably about a fifth of my time, you know, doing not-for-profit stuff and, and helping people out on that side of things. Yeah, I think that's important when you've been you've been lucky enough to have a successful career to to give that back. So whether that's sort of mentoring young people and sit sort of on the Prince's Trust and, and on their business launch group panel and help out with a couple of other um, school school of marketing um, and I help out with um, school of communication arts um, and then but then also working with some other not-for-profit organisations. Um, so I like doing that. I think that's it's really nice to be able to give something back. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, Andrew, it's been a real pleasure and an honour to sit down with you and hear about your life and career, but unfortunately we have to come to an end. Uh, to learn more about Andrew and his expertise, please visit his new website, www.andrewblotch.co.uk. Join us next time for another episode on People Behind Brands, Life Lessons from the World of Business. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Block, thank you. So that's it for this episode of People Behind Brands. I'd love to hear from you all, so if you want to get in touch, follow us on our social media platforms. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to our exclusive content now. Join us next time for a brand new guest on the podcast as we explore yet more life lessons from the world of business. We'll see you soon.